You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Crossover Thursday. This is David Drogemeyer, Locked On Chargers, here with Locked On Broncos co-host Sayre Bedinger, and we have a fantastic Monday night football game to talk about. On these crossover episodes, we are going to get into the biggest storylines, those key matchups, and then we're going to end it with the thing that the, each team needs to do in order to secure a victory in this game. So before we get going, this crossover episode is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it is easy to play. No competing with other players, just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It's literally takes less than 60 seconds to enter it's that easy we love prize picks and we know you will too first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on all right sir a monday night football game primetime football i mean it's the second primetime game for the chargers but what is this like the fifth Primetime game for the Broncos through the first five games. It seems like they've been on primetime every single week. I know it really does feel like that. And I keep telling Cody, like we should just be thanking our lucky stars, thanking the football gods here. We get to watch red zone every weekend. It feels like I love it. Just turn red zone on and turn the brain off and watch football. But you know what? Uh, And we get to do that again this weekend. It's going to be fun. Broncos fans and Chargers fans both can just sit back and relax and watch some Sunday football this week. But I'm getting flashbacks. I know 10 years is a long time, David, but man, uh, 10 years ago, this uh, this weird thing, the Broncos were two and three 10 years ago going into a Monday night matchup against the Chargers with Peyton Manning in his first year. And people were trying to cut Peyton Manning and they wanted to, you know, just burn the whole thing down and that's kind of yeah. where we're at for the Denver Broncos today. Yeah, and hey, look how that look how that eventually turned out. I mean, it turned yeah. out pretty well for the Denver Broncos. So we're going to get things started here with the biggest storylines for each team. And I think for the Chargers, the biggest storyline in this game is Justin Herbert's performance in primetime games. He always gets up for these primetime football games, and the stats definitely showcase that. Over 300 yards per game, a completion percentage over 62%, 20 touchdowns to only four interceptions and a passer rating over 100. This is a big-time player who was one of the brightest young stars in the NFL, and whenever he is on the brightest, biggest stages, Justin Herbert usually shows out. He does, man. It's it's fun to watch. I mean, just that week 17 or week 18 matchup last year against the Raiders when it was going back and forth. And I mean, I love watching Justin Herbert play. Obviously, yeah. you know, when they're playing the Broncos, it's one of those things where you kind of want to see him play his worst game. But at the same time, like as a football <laughs> fan, how can you how can you not love watching Justin Herbert? I mean, it's like watching a creative player 
out there play football and and play it at the highest level so it's it's a blast from from even our perspective i mean just broncos fans like not everybody embraces justin herbert you know equally understandably sure yeah it's not quite the way that everybody embraced philip rivers with just a a pure (laughs) hatred everybody seems to like justin herbert and wish the broncos had him at least before russell wilson came to town but that brings me to kind of one of the biggest storylines on denver side of things it's how does Russell Wilson and, and this offense as a whole respond to the absolute, you know, whatever you want to call it against the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday night football. It's like, it's kind of like the Broncos had an opportunity, like by the NFL gave them a preemptive punishment. Like, you know, your parents send you to your room after you've been naughty or something. It's like, all right, <laughs> go to your room after that when you're not playing until next Monday night. That's kind of what it's, and it's kind of been a relief, honestly, to not have a game because it's like, okay, Everybody's got to kind of clear their mind. But how does Russell Wilson come out there with this offense after putting up only nine points against the Colts and really having a couple of dud games in general to start the year? How does that offense led by Russell come out and respond, like you said, in prime time under the lights? Yeah, so I'm I'm just curious about that. With this Broncos offense, what do you think it is that has led to some of this futility so far through the first five games? Why aren't they clicking? Is it just the matter of not having enough chemistry, or is it the play calling? What in your mind is has led to the performance offensively that we've seen? I think that's such a great question because like if you ask 10 different Broncos fans or a hundred different Broncos fans, you might get 10 or a hundred different answers because I think a lot of people want to blame Nathaniel Hackett. And then there's a sect of people who like didn't like Russell Wilson to begin with who want to blame Russell Wilson, or you want to blame injuries or you want to blame like everybody's favorite, the offensive line. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of like a a jeopardy board of like, all right, I'll take, you know, excuses for 500 and then you got whatever comes up. And that's kind of what it's been. But I think from my vantage point, it's really been a disconnect when the Broncos get into the red zone. You kind of get the impression just from the outside looking in. And I can't say this for sure, but we have seen a number of times where timeouts have been called and you see Russell and and Nathaniel Hackett discussing things on the sideline once they get into the red zone. It seems like it morphs from being Nathaniel Hackett's offense to then being Russell Wilson's offense. And at that point, I think you lose kind of a lot of what has been working. And a case in point of that would be against the Indianapolis Colts. The Broncos are forcing the Colts to take all their timeouts late in the game. You know, it's co- coming up on the two minute warning. You're you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. Bleed time off the clock, get into scoring yeah. range. Mike Boone, Melvin Gordon, they're running the ball really well. And then all of a sudden they get into the red zone and they start throwing the ball. And mm. you can't help but wonder, is that Hackett's call or is that Wilson's call? And Hackett actually kind of blamed Wilson at the end of the game, not in a negative way, but he said, you know, we we called the play late that we thought Russell wanted to do. Like we felt like he was comfortable with that. It's a play that Russell wanted. So they kind of like, you can see that disconnect happening there between the play caller and the quarterback. And I think that's exactly what you mentioned. Just that chemistry. It's not quite there yet for the Broncos. Yeah, and and that was something I I just thought before the season started that it was going to take a a little bit of time for things to click offensively with a new head coach, a rookie head coach. And, you know, 
you're bringing over a quarterback who was in one place for a decade with Russell Wilson. So I, I don't know if it's time to panic completely. I mean, definitely some warning signs for sure. But uh, as far yeah. as the Chargers, I mean, they, they, they've been kind of futile uh, offensively the first couple of games of, of the season. They only scored 24, 24 and 10 points. Then came the offensive explosion against the Houston Texans and against the Cleveland Browns. And the question is, is can the Chargers offensive explosion here continue against what is very clearly one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, and a big reason for the offensive resurgence is Austin Eckler getting the amount of touches that he really d deserves to have and should have 308 all purpose yards and five touchdowns through the first two games after having zero touchdowns through the first three games. So Austin Eckler starting to come alive at the right time. He really is. And and from Denver's side of things, they're going to try to match that by continuing to play consistently defensively, but also getting yeah. Justin Simmons back off injured reserve. That's going to be huge for them. I know the secondary has Couldn't certainly be another week. Lacked. Yeah, exactly. It couldn't be one more week, right? That's kind of that's kind of how it always goes, isn't it? It's like the, the yeah. best player on somebody's team gets healthy right when you're about to play them. I think Simmons coming back, though, it's it's really interesting. I've been this will be something for all of us to watch because I've been yeah. talking to Cody about just like Caden Stearns, you know, the replacement. He had two interceptions against the Colts. And you've also got P.J. Lott coming back from a, a concussion or concussion symptoms. So it's like, how, how are they going to get all these guys on the field? So that'll be an interesting thing to watch unfold. And like you mentioned with the offense, the chemistry thing, are they going to be able to get all those guys snaps while keeping that chemistry they've had in the secondary? Like you said, Justin Herbert, he comes up big in these primetime games. So that secondary with Simmons back in the fold, they're going to have to be on point. Absolutely. Well, hey, I, I think that's a good good uh, point here in the show to transition into our second segment, and we are going to get into the key matchups in this AFC West Monday night primetime football game. We're going to do that right after this. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports done right. With the Prize Picks app, you choose two to five players that you're focused on heading into the week. And these players will have a projection set by Prize Picks, and you simply have to choose whether or not they will have more or less than their Prize Picks projection, which could allow you to win 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people, it's just you versus the projections available. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50 as well. So don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On, all one word, at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And, and David, I'm excited as we get into this second segment about matchups to watch. I think there's really no shortage of, of things that we could look to see in this game because really I think a lot of people going into this season were thinking these could be two of the better rosters overall in the NFL. So it's been Absolutely. exciting to kind of get geeked up for the Chargers matchups in 2022 between the Broncos and the Chargers and obviously really any AFC West matchup in, you know, in all honesty. But oh, yeah. in this game, what do you see as kind of the number one maybe matchup between either units or individual players on these two teams going into Monday night? 
Yeah, so uh, another guy who has had a, a couple of really, really good games to start the season in the absence of Keenan Allen is wide receiver Mike Williams. So Mike Williams going up against Pat Sertan the second is going to be an absolute battle the entire game. Patrick Sertan the second has been phenomenal this year. 17 receptions, 31 targets, only 143 yards, allowing a passer rating of only 72.4 and only allowing about 7.5 yards per reception, which is insane. You got all credit to the young corner. He's playing out of his mind, but so is Mike Williams. The last two games for Mike Williams, 17 catches, 254 yards, and that's good for 14.94 yards per reception. So I expect these two guys to be butting heads and going at it and battling all game long, and I am here for it. I love it. And, and you've got a quarterback that's willing to put the ball up where only Mike Williams can go get it, right? And that's really yes. been one of the one, the one areas where receivers have taken advantage of Pat Sertan is, all right, if a quarterback can put the ball in that one spot where Sertan can't get to it, Mike Williams seems to be that type of guy that, I mean, he you just you, you feel like once at least a game, you're going to hear, yeah, the quarterback, he just put it where only Mike Williams could get it, and he did. So that is, that's the top matchup that I have as well, but I'm looking forward to something else with the Broncos kind of having a, a state of flux at the right tackle position right now. We don't know if it's going to be Billy Turner making his debut this season. We don't know if it's going to be, you know, uh, and not Calvin Anderson, but Cam Fleming actually for I mean, anybody that's been following along Cam Fleming is is the starter for the Denver Broncos at right tackle. So Calvin Anderson is going to be starting at left tackle in place of the injured Garrett Bowles. And then you're going to have either Cam Fleming Billy Turner at the right tackle spot. That's going to be fun to watch them go up against Khalil Mack. I know the Broncos have had a lot of bad luck against Khalil Mack through the years, regardless if he was playing in Chicago, if he was playing in, in for the Raiders. So now that he's with the Chargers and playing in Brandon Staley's defense, I think that's going to be one of the biggest matchups to watch in this game is how the Broncos tackles hold up against Khalil Mack. Sarah, are you reading my notes? Because, like, man, that's one of my big matchups here. Khalil Mack, uh, another guy, an offseason addition the Chargers traded for, a guy that they envisioned pairing with Joey Bosa to have one of the most fearsome pass rushing tandems in the NFL. But it just seems like the Chargers can never have nice things because, unfortunately, Joey Bosa went down with that torn quad, and he's going to be out for you know several more weeks. So we're going to have to wait quite a bit longer before we see that tandem reunite. But Cleo Mack has been as advertised. If anyone thought that this guy did not have gas left in the tank, they are sorely mistaken. An 81.7 run defense grade with 10 stops, 77.3 pass rush grade. So just incredibly consistent at both avenues of being a defensive end, 19 pressures, 11 hurries and five sacks in five games. So Khalil Mack has been a revelation for the Chargers, incredibly important. Although I think the matchup, just given given that information, is the pass rusher on the other side of Khalil Mack. Can they get any kind of traction in this game? Because obviously, you know, when you're going up against the Chargers and you don't have Joey Bosa out there, who's the biggest threat to get out to the quarterback? It's obviously Khalil Mack. So they're going to dedicate as much resources as they can to make sure that Khalil Mack does not wreck the football game. So for the Chargers, can they get any type of pass rush absent or outside of Khalil Mack? That is going to be the biggest question against Russell Wilson and that Broncos offense. 
and that's going to be something that everybody's watching for sure. Like you mentioned, too, Austin Eckler on the other side of the ball offensively been having a really good couple of games. I think how the Broncos kind of respond to that and and play the matchup game with him, as we know, I mean, he could do everything out there. He's not just a jack of all trades. I mean, he's really good at a lot of things. So. He's definitely somebody the Broncos are going to have to account for. Josie Jewell, I, he popped up on the injury report or, or over the last week. So that's going to be fascinating to see because he's kind of their primary communicator out there. And he's a lot better in coverage, I think, than uh, certainly a lot of Broncos fans want to give him credit for. It's not like you want to yeah. match him up one on one against Eckler, but he's always, you know, typically in the right place, right time sort yeah. of thing. So. Like I mentioned before, will the Broncos then deploy somebody like Caden Stearns, who's coming off a two interception game, say, hey, yeah. kind of follow Austin Eckler around. I'll be fascinated to see what they do there, because I think your personnel is going to be so different this week mm-hmm. as a result, as a result of your safeties playing really great, as a result of Austin Eckler playing really great as of late. So it's going to be one of those one of those key matchups, I think, as the as the game goes along. And, and Eckler starts to become more and more involved because that's typically what I've seen, you know, as a fantasy football player, I, I like watching just the, I mean, you just see that number go up and up and up as the game goes along. So oh, yeah. as the game goes along, how do the Broncos adjust to him getting a higher volume of targets? Who do they put on him? How often are they in man coverage? Yeah. Those different sort of things are going to be really fun as far as far from the X's and O's perspective with Azero Evero calling the defense in Denver how that goes. Yeah, obviously Austin Eckler is, is has been a huge part of the offense the last couple of weeks. I don't see that changing anytime soon. He is going to get the football a lot, so that is definitely going to be a matchup to watch in this football game. Another matchup I'm excited to see, and it's going to be another battle, is the Broncos' fantastic number one wide receiver, Cortland Sutton, against either J.C. Jackson or Asante Samuel Jr. And unfortunately for the Chargers, J.C. Jackson has not, not had the, the kind of start to his career Chargers career as everyone has anticipated that he would which you know hey when you come off of 17 interceptions in the last two seasons uh, you kind of have large expectations uh, along with that 82 and a half million dollar contract they paid him to be a number one corner unfortunately he dealt with an ankle injury had surgery to try to correct that problem but we haven't seen the JC Jackson that we have seen in the last few years so if he's going to be traveling with Cortland Sutton that's going to be a matchup to watch and I I feel like they might take some chances at JC to see if he is ready to go or not absolutely and Russell Wilson has certainly loved throwing the ball to Cortland Sutton this year he's been easily the number one target in the passing game for the Broncos and on the other kind of side of that it's you know like you mentioned with Khalil Mack in the pass rush who's going to step up on the other side the Broncos and everybody in Broncos country is kind of wondering that about wide receiver as well so it'll be interesting to see who steps up on the other side is Jerry Judy going to come out and have a big game like we've seen him have earlier in the season haven't really seen that consistency KJ Hamler will he be more involved it's going to be fun to watch because the Broncos right now I think that's really what's hurting them that the loss of Tim Patrick in training camp has been more detrimental than people thought so who steps up as a secondary option in the passing game and how do they take advantage of the matchup like you said whether they're going against JC Jackson or Asante Samuel that's going to be something to watch Absolutely. And hey, is this the week that the Broncos offense gets right? That's definitely something to watch out for. And hey, we're going to get into the 
things that each team have to do in order to win this football game. And we are going to do that right after this. All right, here's a sports analogy for you. When it comes to burglars, your home is like the end zone and you need the absolute strongest defense you can muster. This is why I use and trust Simply Safe Home Security. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. So you always know your home is safe. I love the fact that when I'm away from my home, Simply Safe technologies allow you to control your system with the APP and live streaming your cameras in HD right on your phone with 24 7 professional monitoring. Simply Safe agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you are not able to be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for the, an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, we're back here on Crossover Thursday. Locked on Chargers host David Drogemeyer here with co-host of Locked on Broncos, Sarah Bedinger. And we have talked about the key matchups, the biggest storylines. And now we're going to get into what each one of these two football games excuse me, what each one of these two football teams need to do in order to win this football game. So Sarah, I'll let you kick it off. Absolutely. So I think it's pretty straightforward for the Denver Broncos. Number one, obviously we need Russell Wilson to show up in this game. If the Broncos are going to beat the chargers. And I think just to refer back to something that I said earlier, 10 years ago, people were wondering when is the real Peyton Manning going to show up? You know, like everybody's wondering why are the Broncos two and three? Why are they losing at home to the Houston Texans? And, and something clicked at halftime of that Monday night game against the Chargers where the Broncos are down 24 to zero. I mean, I don't know if we want to see that necessarily again in this game before Russell Wilson kind of starts to figure everything out. But at the same time, can Russell figure things out? Can the offense get on the same page? And can we see him show up if Russell Wilson, the Russell Wilson that everybody knows, if he shows up? I think that gives the Broncos at least a fighting chance against everybody. That's why everybody in Broncos country is so excited to get him in the building because when he's playing his best, you know you got a shot in any game, even against guys like Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, this, the, the, you know, the vaunted AFC West, the gauntlet that everybody has to run. I think Russell Wilson, that guy, that guy that we all know and hated when he played for the Seahawks because of how good he was, yeah. uh, that's the guy that we need to see in this game if the Broncos are going to get a victory. Yeah, and I think Charger fans and people around the organization are definitely not looking at this initial performance of Russell Wilson and saying, oh, this is a quarterback we don't have to be scared of. No, his reputation precedes him. He has done a lot in this game. He is a Super Bowl champion. He is definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, whether or not he is off to a fast start or not. He's been great, and the Chargers definitely need to be prepared in the event that he unlocks what he we all know he has inside him. So for the Chargers, the biggest key to victory here is scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And unfortunately for them, they're going up against the number one red zone defense 
in the NFL, unfortunately. The Chargers, however, are 22nd in red zone efficiency, only scoring touchdowns on 52.38% of their red zone trips, which is not great. Like I said, the Broncos have the best red zone defense in the NFL, allowing touchdowns on only 27.27% of their red zone trips. They've only allowed three touchdowns all season long in the red zone. So the Chargers, if they want to win this football game, they have to score touchdowns in the red zone, but it's not going to be an easy task. That's that's right. And man, that that percentage right there, 52. So that sounds really great to me because the Broncos have been absolutely dreadful in the red zone. So I'm thinking, man, 52 percent. That sounds really nice. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like you've been eating crackers for a month and somebody's like, hey, I got a cheeseburger over here. I think the Broncos absolutely they're, they're in a similar position. But the, defensively, the key to victory in this game for Denver is going to be. Can you take the, the ball away from Justin Herbert and keep doing yeah. what you've been doing? In the pass rush department, we saw last year Pat Sertan had a big play against Justin Herbert. We've seen before, like Bryce Callahan had the big interception, and now obviously he plays for the Chargers. So the Broncos need to find a way to create a turnover. They haven't been picking off a ton of passes this year, but what they have been doing a lot of is forcing fumbles, whether they're getting to the quarterback or whether they're playing in pursuit and getting guys from behind and punching the ball out. They have been forcing fumbles like crazy this season. Unfortunately, they just haven't all been bouncing to the Broncos. So they're going to have to. That capitalize. sounds very familiar. Yeah, right. I, I mean, it, it's it's such a terrible feeling. I, I feel like if you scream at your TV loud enough, David, they should be able to recover the fumbles. But it hasn't worked for me thus far. But we'll see if it happens on Monday night. But I think that's a key is getting the ball away from Justin Herbert, taking the ball away from him and really trying to do exactly what the Broncos should be really good at and playing with the lead. That's exactly what they need. So if they can force a turnover or two early on in this game, maybe the first half, I think they stand a pretty good chance to be able to not just coast and win because Herbert, he can score from anywhere on the field, not just inside the red zone, but he can, I mean, you're 80 yards out. He can drop a dot down the field. So getting an early lead and letting your pass rush pin its ears back key for the Denver Broncos in this game. Yeah. I think the only other thing for the chargers here is just keep the running game going. Keep giving that ball to Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly and let them continue to do their thing. Because when you run the football successfully in the NFL, you score more points. It's directly correlated. It just it is. You just look up the stats. It's very, very clear. The best rushing teams in the NFL, they score points. The Chargers need to continue to run the football at a good efficient clip that makes everything you do offensively more effective and makes your pass rush, or excuse me, your, your play action much better. It also protects against the pass rush. It protects your quarterback. And with a quarterback like Justin Herbert, who is still recovering from that fractured rib cartilage, getting the ball out of his hands and getting that running game going is going to be very, very important against the Denver Broncos in this game. It is. It is. And I think absolutely from from the Broncos side as well, talking about a team that's lost Javante Williams for the entire year, having to adjust with him out of the lineup. Now Latavius Murray coming in. I'd say the same for the Broncos side. If they can run the ball effectively like we saw. And, and unfortunately, I say that. Well, they just lost a game against the Colts where it felt like they kind of ran the ball effectively. But you're absolutely right. If you're running the ball well, you should be scoring more points. And in the NFL today, that that kind of currency, I mean, the, the Broncos need that in a desperate way. They need the confidence. You know, Melvin Gordon issues with fumbling and Javante, even before that, it felt like teams were kind of keying in when he was on the field, really stacking the box and making life difficult for him. Last week, though, there was a bit of breakthrough with Mike Boone 
and Melvin Gordon back there. We'll see if Latavius Murray can add another wrinkle. But same thing for the Broncos. If they can run the ball well, that could be a key to victory as well. Absolutely. Well, hey, that's going to wrap things up for this crossover episode here. Locked on Chargers and Locked on Broncos. You can find Sarah Benninger on Twitter at Sarah Benninger. So pretty easy there. You can find me on Twitter at DroTalkSD. And for more on the Broncos, check out the Locked on Broncos podcast free and available on all platforms. And of course, check out the Locked on Chargers podcast free and available on all platforms. But make sure and enjoy this game in primetime on Monday Night Football and take it easy.